Hello and welcome back to the Folk Podcast, episode 96. We're four away from 100. Look at that. We're still thinking of something special to do for 100 because it's just pretty freaking crazy. Uh, but real quick, before we get fully into this episode and start talking about our topics today, uh, I just want to share on here, I mean, Obviously, we talk about it, and hopefully you know about it, but the Fellowship of Northern Traditions, the community based around the wisdom of Odin, of course, this podcast, uh, where all three of us are leaders in, uh, we have a lot going on right now. So we just had our new le- our newsletter come out, which, uh, you know, we have like a thousand people on that newsletter list, which is amazing, and over half the people actually open the dang thing, which in the newsletter world is incredible. Uh, so we just released a new t-shirt design. Uh, we ha- uh, announced a couple more gatherings, including a gathering in Ontario, Canada. Uh, we have a meetup at the Ohio Renaissance Festival coming up. Uh, uh, then we have the North Carolina gathering, uh, you know, for fall, and then the Kentucky gathering for fall. And we were talking, and I believe we have seven Yule gatherings coming up. And so, if you haven't already, please make sure that you are signed up for that newsletter. We produce one every month, and it's how you stay up to date on the community. But also, just keep an eye on that website. We're producing uh, new uh, new gatherings all the time, uh, so definitely check out there. We definitely want to see you at one of our upcoming events. Now, with that, we'll move into today's episode. So, uh, guys, uh, how you doing? doing well it was weird i almost instinctively wanted to start doing the intro because i did the intro you the last did it time one time i know it was weird you an inch of power we need to make caleb do it now oh yeah <laughs> caleb can you give us like a give me give us an intro yeah give us a little taste Ooh. Hi, and welcome back to the whatever episode it is of the Folk Podcast. <laughs> I don't welcome back. Like... <laughs> what y'all I love, I love like you went like straight like deer in the headlights for a second. You're like, oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't this think podcast, we talk about stuff. Welcome back. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. hang on, hang on. We talk about Ooga Booga. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, so I guess I'll just go ahead and roll into my subject here. I mean, we don't, as always now, we don't really know each other's subjects as we're rolling in. So that's what, one of the things I think makes these episodes interesting. So the thing I want to talk about today is how little we know about paganism across the world. Because I think there are certain, certain things that get hidden by the fact that we're so obsessed with, you know, the, the, the surface level of Norse paganism or even Hellenistic paganism, Hellenistic polytheism. Uh, and then all of a sudden we, we lose track of other pagan identities or other pagan belief systems that may actually provide us pieces of the puzzle, but we're just completely just not even acknowledging them, which is pretty crazy to me. And the reason I bring this up is because um, I was recently invited to go live in Estonia, which is crazy. And I don't know if I'm going to accept this or not, but I was invited. And so that opportunity is on the table and I started doing research. And it turns out Estonia has a very strange and rich pagan history that is still practiced today, which is absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, So before I dive into my crazy rant, do you guys know anything about Estonian paganism? No, I mean, the only thing that I can think about is that the closest thing that I could, I would assume or kind of, connected to would be some of like the you know slavic stuff or at least like maybe like the Rus. like i mean that's not very far from that area i mean that's basically like right in between so that, that would be my initial go-to would be probably fall along something along those lines but again yeah that's just me if i had to guess because yeah i don't know anything i, I myself i would assume that it would be kind of like a mixture between 
some of the slot like Slavic influence and like Finnish, like the uh, the old Finnish paganism. I cannot remember the actual name for it, but if you go back for far enough, it would be that that same group of people that came up and then split out that would have ended up settling there. And you know that if you trade, you know it would be similar. So the interesting answer to this is it's not actually Slavic, it's not Germanic, it's not Nordic, uh, it's not even, you know, Rus. It is actually a, um, a, a type, like an evolution of Finnish paganism. Um, mm-hmm. So let me look up the actual term here so I don't get shot. Um, it's like Finnish, like Ugric or something like that. Let me double check here. Yeah, Finno, uh, Finno, Finno, Finno Ugric. Yeah, because the Estonian language is an Ugric-based language. Uh, and so that's actually the second most hardest, like the second hardest language in the world to learn or something like that, because it follows nothing of like what we know of European languages because it's based off of Finnish. Uh, and then this is all trickled down from the Sami people. And so paganism in Estonia is quite different. But what makes it really interesting to me is that, and again, this is things I didn't know until I started looking it up, uh, the Baltic area in general, so not just Estonia, but the Baltics, did not convert uh, to Christianity until the 1300s or the 1400s. Was, so they lasted, you know, in some cases, 500 years longer than the Scandinavian peoples, like 500 years longer than the Danes, uh, you know, and even, you know, 300 years longer than the, you know, the last to fall of Sweden. And so that's kind of crazy that they got away with it for 300 more years than the Swedes. I'll say, like, is there any particular, like, reason as to, like, why was it just, were they just not that, like, much of a, a I don't want to say, like, a target, but, like, a high commodity to be up there to, like, start well, converting? I'm not going to assume any, I don't know, again, I'm just starting my research into this, but the Baltics have never been very prosperous. So I would assume that the Baltics were just never on someone's radar as a place mm-hmm. to get, because, you know, a lot of the times, you know, Christianity wanted to move in because of resources, because they're like, oh, if we can convert them, bring them into the fold, we can get their resources kind of thing. But like the Baltics never had that like go-to resource that people wanted. So I think maybe that's why they managed to squeak by for so long. Um, again, I'm still doing the research into it, but it did seem like the Germans are the ones that brought Christianity to the Baltics. So I, mean, was, I would assume it's like the Holy Roman Empire, I would assume. Yeah, most likely around that time period. Let's see. Yeah, because I mean, in in a way, I guess it kind of makes sense that, like, at least like from the English side of you know the spreading of Christianity, they were probably so obviously they had been so focused on the Scandinavian countries for you know so long. I feel like they're once they once they started you know the conversion and like you know essentially, essentially the conquering of those countries, they were probably just like, all right, cool, like. We're going to kind of chill out for a bit because, you know, I'm sure that's where primarily their focus was on because they had been fighting them for so long. So, yeah, they probably didn't even think twice about, you know, the Baltics at that point. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the, you know, the practicality of it, too. You know, it's cold Mm -hmm. up there. It's harsh to get up there, you know, and again, just like the the natural resources and the trade routes is probably weren't there uh, because, I mean, that's one of the things that affected Denmark so heavy is they were such a trade capital that, you know, Christianity quickly came in. And so I think it's just one of those things where, again, there just wasn't anything pushing people that far north that, you know, they were just like, oh, there's people up there. That's Um, crazy to think about it, like that they they got such a long time after the fact of like when most, you know, like, yeah, like I was saying, like the Scandinavian countries were converted and like, 
I, that's just so weird. So here's your second or your third interesting fact here. So as of today, only 25% of Estonians claim to be religious at all. So 75% of the country claims to not have religion. And, and I think Christianity only makes up like 10% or like 15% of that 25. And so Christianity, even once it got a hold there, never really got a foothold. I do remember, I do actually remember reading something a while back. It was um, just kind of like a baseline article of how, uh, uh, you know, Christianity as a whole, I think this is, this is like, it had to have been around like 10-ish years ago, somewhere within that time frame, um, where it was talking about like how Christianity as a whole um, was not such a big, you know, dominant religion in Europe anymore and most people were basically atheists or they weren't claiming anything and i i think i remember seeing something where it was saying like a lot of the baltic countries were the where um, really started to kind of spread from so it doesn't really surprise me though like which came up with that you said, said that because I, i'm pretty sure that's where it was saying a lot of it was kind of coming from where a lot of these smaller baltic states and uh even some of the scandinavian countries were just like no nah, we'd rather just not have anything yeah, yeah wasn't, then, like, wasn't Estonia like part of uh, the Soviet Union for a oh, long time too? So we'll get we're getting on Empire. that now. So this, so they have declared like their independence like three times or something like that, like or three or four times from various people, and they they were under the Russian Empire for a while, and then they declared their independence from the Russian Empire in 1918. And then very quickly, they were captured again by the USSR. <laughs> so they didn't have freedom very long. Um, and so and the, so the, weirdly enough, uh, in the 1918, when they declared their independence to uh, when they were captured, I don't have the exact date for when they were taken in by the USSR, but the USSR is very anti-religion. And so at one point, there were thousands of active people who were pagan, you know, practicing Estonian paganism that were then killed for practicing Estonian paganism by, under the USSR. And so... Uh, I think it went underground then. And, you know, this country has only been independent from the USSR since the 90s. You know, it was 91 when they got their independence. So it's only been 30 years. And so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, that statistic only says 25% claim to be pagan. But I think it's like literally, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people literally got killed for being pagan. So they're probably a little bit under the shirt, especially since Russia is still right next door, like right next door. <laughs> That's what I was thinking whenever you were saying that a large portion of the, of the population claim not to have a religion because yeah yeah that makes sense that's crazy though i mean like when you're kind of put in that situation you don't really have not obviously because of the fact of the the powers to be that are ruling over you at that time you know don't allow you to practice a religion at all but like even then like once you you are free from that power like you don't necessarily have the time to i feel like to really focus on something and just more of like we need to get a country established and laws and x y and z and like blah 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 so i feel like yeah that doesn't kind of that doesn't really surprise me too, too much that they're still not really like claiming any any religion at all or you know not necessarily uh talked about as much 
Yeah, and the Baltics in general are kind of a weird, like, you know, I was doing all, just like geog- geography research on this stuff. Like the Baltics and Estonia, because there's only three Baltic countries now. I can't remember the other name of the other two. But there's only three, and Estonia is one of them. But they're technically, they want to be Nordic. They and, uh, Estonia wants to be considered a Nordic country because they believe they have more in common with the Nordic countries. And so Finland is like one of their best friends, and they very much identify with Finland uh, culturally and religiously because they're literally right, right next door to each other. But the Baltics, you know, are like, no, you're Baltic. And so they don't, they have like an estranged relationship with the Baltic countries and all the Baltic countries actually are still very pagan. Um, so a lot of their ceremonies and festivals are on the solstices or on the equinoxes. And even though they might not say they're religious festivals, they're literally dressing up. They're like giving offerings, you know, they're doing all these crazy things that they've been doing for thousands of years. And so, you know, it's, it's pretty wild that this area, again, just, you know, very dark history though, because again, they've been conquered and ruled by so many different people uh you know and again i don't think it's ever been prosperous there i think now is probably the best time to be in the baltics uh because their economies are finally doing good like estonia's economy has changed completely it's a completely digital uh based economy uh so like you even vote digitally there um it's like one of the most uh like uh you know uh like technologically connected countries in the world which is crazy you know especially since they're ex-ussr but also they're going through a reforestation process right now where they're actually uh, losing so many people because people are leaving uh, that they're just like, oh, we'll grow more forests. So I think it's like 85% of the country is forest now. Oh, that's Holy badass. what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And the Get country only has 1.5 million people in the whole country. God, if that's, if that's not proof that like humans suck, <laughs> like I don't know what is. Like, holy... That's insane. 85% of the country is forest. Oh, dude. Then, of course, like the pagan traditions there, uh, I'm going to butcher, because again, Estonian is one of the hard, it's the second hardest language to learn in the world. Uh, It's Mausk. Mausk um, is like one of the terms. So there's two different types of paganism there. I'm going with the one that I think is the traditional one. I could be incorrect. But Mausk is uh, basically an, an animistic belief. You know, they believe in, uh, you know, communion with nature. They have sacred groves. They go to sacred groves on hills and they perform rituals. And uh, one of the things I find interesting, again, I, I want to dig more into it, but they don't believe, they believe in the mundane. They believe that religion exists in everyday life, that there's no big explosive moments, that just by living life, you are experiencing religion, you are experiencing life itself. And that they don't think about death, that life and death are inter twined within you know this experience that is reality and you know they're just living and i'm like you know what i actually really respect that so i think you know looking at them i think we actually can unlock something of you know what societies would look like if they remain pagan for a long time more forests less people more just like yeah, life's all right have you have you come across any any like books or like reading material that you would recommend like getting um, into it? so right now i'm on the website it's called the Mavala Coda um, or the Mavala Hall. Uh, so that's like their, like, I think one of their religious groups there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I've been getting a lot of my material because, like, yeah, there's like another, um, it's called uh, Tarusk or Tarusk, um, Tarism, but it seems to be like an offshoot of Christianity because it's a belief in a higher, one higher power, but they label it as a pagan belief system. Um, and it was like the Estonians answer to Christianity. I think it was like their version of it, um, uh, because they they talk about baptism and stuff like that. So I'm like, eh, that doesn't really sound like the pagan one. Kind of, 
kind of <laughs> like kind of like their way of like trying to stay pagan but like yeah, with a christianity surface to it or something maybe yeah so, and like, it seems like for the most in. part that was established in the 1900s that but the uh the mouse has been around for a long time yeah yeah and it seems like there are deities but they don't focus so much on the deity aspect of it it's more about just general nature veneration right well i mean it's like what you said they, they focus more on the mundane than the divine yeah um, but yeah, so that was my, you know, brief dive into Estonian culture. So that's one of the reasons I'm actually considering going there because, you know, I was like, at first I was like, eh, uh, you know, it's right next to Russia, but also like, you know, it'd be really cool. The economy's good for, you know, someone that, you know, works digitally because they have great internet. Oh, they have like public Wi-Fi in parks. Like if you go out into nature, you have, you have freaking Wi-Fi in the forest. <laughs> like this, like this country is bizarre. And I'm like, what? And that's, yeah, I, I just wanted to have a conversation about it because I, I really couldn't believe it. Cause I don't think anyone thinks about Estonia. Like no one, you know, actively thinks about it. And so that you have this like modern post-Soviet, like digital country that is mostly forests that are still basically pagan as fuck. And you know, no one talks about it. This, this should be our goal. Yeah. I, that's, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I never really thought because, like, when I think of the Baltic, because the only other Baltic state, I believe it's still considered one of the Baltic states, is Lithuania. That's like the only one. Like, when you say the Baltics, that's who I think about. Yeah, is like Lithuania. I think that's the that biggest one, and it has the yeah. biggest economy of the three. Which is probably why I think about it because it's the, the biggest out of the three. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so like Estonia, Latvia is the other one, and then Lithuania. Latvia. Okay, Latvia, I knew there was two yeah. that started with an L. I just can't remember what the other. I one think was. Latvia is actually the worst off economy wise, but I could be wrong on that. But again, all three of them have weird pagan things. And I think the I further south ones, like the Lithuania one, is more Slavic. Yeah, that's because that's kind of what I was thinking when you said you know like Estonia having the thing. Because yeah, I was thinking Lithuania. Um, off the top of my head for the most part. And I was like, I feel like this is probably where like most of the Slavic stuff is at. And I think Lithuanians and uh, Latvians speak a dialect of Russian as well, whereas Estonia I believe has so. the dialect of the Finns. Yeah. But yeah, so the main thing I want to say here is like, I know that if I do this, I fly to Estonia, I live there for a time, and I start doing research and videos on Estonian paganism, they're not going to be popular because they're just not things people look up. They're not, you know, no one goes around thinking, hmm, I want to look up Estonian paganism today. It's just not something that exists. Uh, so I'm going to have to develop a plan to make sure, like, I can record these stories uh, and record Because, like, you know, I, I was just like, oh, there's just burial mounds everywhere. There's stone circles all across Estonia and all these things and sacred groves. And, you know, so it's a, definitely a place I want to record the history of. But I'm going to have to be very creative of how I do it so that it actually gets traction and actually gets out there. Because again, you know, like I said, I think this is a kind of society that a lot of pagans want to move to, you know, again, mostly forest, yeah. you know, it's digital, it's clean, but it's also forested, you know, and all these things. Uh, and it's also like largely um, a large amount of women there, but that's not a totally bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually I a mean... dark reason. So all the Baltic <laughs> countries have more women than men by a lot. Like it's a decent ratio and it's darkly because they got, all the men got killed off in World War One, World War Two, and by the USSR. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say, like that's a that's a rough tracker. I could immediately figure out why. Yeah, because the amount of wars that would have been. Yeah, the 1900s were terrible for the Baltics, but it looks like the the early 2000s have been pretty good. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's a you know a new start. For them. I, I, I hope it carries on. Yeah. Um, as far as like what you could do is like to do your videos stuff over there. I mean, you were saying that the 
like the religious stuff kind of trickled down from the Sami to the Finnish to the Estonians. I mean, you could try to like piece that, that trail back together, back to yeah. the Sami and try to figure that stuff. Cause I know, I know that like myself, like I've looked up a lot of stuff on the Sami and it's difficult to find like what I feel like, like concrete evidence. Right. Like good up, things. Well, it's, all, it's all oral. That's one of the main things about the yeah. Maoist is it's all oral tradition. Yeah. That's yeah. You, you would end up like Charlie with a crazy, you know, rope board <laughs> in the wall. Oh, but, dude, for yeah. sure. But you, um, but you are good at research. So, I mean, if it's somebody can pull it off, I think you can do it. Well, yeah, you know, it's going to rely a lot on interviews. And so I think, you know, it's just going to be a larger project there. And I'm, I'm going to have to make videos, quite frankly, that are like, you know, more like it's titled and marketed more towards like a larger audience. But then I film it in Estonia with Estonian history interwoven with the video. Because mm. I, I found the same thing with, again, with like Nehalenia, you know, one of my favorite videos. I think one of the most enriching videos I've ever made, but one of the most unpopular because no one searches for Nehalenia. And so I, I learned a lesson from that as I'm going to have to find a way to package these subjects in a way that is, you know, uh, palatable to a larger audience, but also still makes it very clear that these are very important things that we should be talking about. Mm. But yeah, that was my subject for today. I just wanted to spread the awareness that Estonia has some <laughs> wild history, man. And yeah, the chances every day more and more are. And I, I happen to know somebody who's also like doing their like master's thesis on Estonian paganism. So it's just like, you know, the, the pieces are coming together. I'm like, it's looking yeah. pretty good. <laughs> you know, I might, I probably <laughs> will end up going there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Now the uh, what I what I was gonna bring up today it was actually a, a subject that I wanted to talk about shortly after you had gotten back from Scotland is what made me think about it um, and just sound like circles. No, it wasn't sound circles. <laughs> it, it'll make sense when I kind of go into it, but um, it's just the concept of like how it's not necessarily the the pagan. Well, I guess it isn't really like a pagan aspect of like you know the north, but just in general um, of like that idea of like your reputation means something you know at the end of the day like your reputation reputation is going to mean more you know than uh it's just going to mean more especially when you pass on the reason i started thinking about this was because of the hilarious shenanigans that ensued with you guys basically everybody in the in the discord thinking that i was going to magically show up uh to the uk gathering because of just whatever and i have this reputation of just magically showing up the gatherings out of nowhere uh, that's how it made me think about it i was just like oh you know the idea of like reputations as like within you know uh sagas within even just like the baseline like myths with within like norse mythology and stuff like that are a very big deal and i feel like people i don't think a lot of people put in a lot of stock of like the reputation that they have or leave behind you know like just for example like i had a pretty strong reputation coming from uh the base that i was stationed at in florida going to new mexico like i knew people that were already there and so they kind of gave like the heads up of like oh this is how he is not in a bad way but like i also didn't put up with any bs at the same time so like i'd been in florida for eight years and i had a very strong reputation amongst all of my peers and leadership that like i knew what i was doing and you know when I said something for the most part, like people would take it with into some serious consideration. I wouldn't just be like, Oh, you, you're just a, uh, you know, lower ranking individual. You're a grunt, whatever, like get out of my face. Um, but I think, 
I think in a way, like reputation is pretty important just as being humans, you know, because at the end of the day, like if you have your reputation is what's going to precede you, depending on if it was really good, really bad, or, you know, just relatively like uh, just boring, you know, like you're not going to, you're going to be forgotten, you know, like look at the individuals within history, you know, their reputations are insane. Hence why they're still talked about thousands of years later. I don't know, it's just an interesting thing to kind of like throw out there and see what, you know, toss the carrot. Yeah, on the yeah, you got the bait. Well, first yeah. off, I want to acknowledge, uh, you know, you're not showing up to the UK gathering as um, no comment because uh, I refuse <laughs> to give you anything from that because I hate you for it. <laughs> I will twist your nipples when I see you again. It was, it, was just a, it was just a perfect storm of situations of like I had a migraine and then my sleep got all weird. So I was up during the time that like, the, okay, fine. Away. The only thing I'll say is the reason I, I honestly was not convinced at all until you randomly were like up at four in the morning and you were like, <laughs> oh, how's it going, guys? And I'm like, this dude is literally in England right now because you're waking up at England time because you wake up. You usually wake up <laughs> at 10 o'clock your time. And so, you know, for you to be up at like 4 a.m. specifically, I'm like, this dude has to be in England. And so like, that's the, <laughs> all, I, like I was like, I literally walked up to Tina. And I was like, this dude is in England right now. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Then I, yeah, it just it went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it did take me a moment to reset when like the van rolled up and like it was just Kevin and Lauren. I'm like, I bet he got out of the car. I bet he's down the hill. <laughs> it was probably a good hour after they got there i still expect you to like walk up to the house or some shit pop out of like a ceiling panel or something well because you did that at the fellowship retreat last year like yeah you were hanging around the property and then like people would show up and then you would like tackle them or whatever yeah again reputation you know like uh, yeah i don't know if it's a good reputation i think it's a funny one <laughs> I think like reputation is, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's one of the most important aspects of, you know, the Viking age of culture uh, into the belief system um, that survived it. Uh, but also, like you said, you know, the reason we know about historical figures, people of the past is because they had a reputation so much so that someone wrote it down. And, um, you know, on reflection of that, I think there's, you know, reputation as far as what people say about you and how you're remembered, but also presentation on how you present yourself. And those two can mm. kind of come together. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like the channel, uh, you know, when you start a YouTube channel, you have to decide who you're going to be. Uh, you have to decide the tone of your channel, what you're going to do with it uh, and make sure it's true to yourself. So you don't hate yourself in two years. Um, but you also have to make sure it's consistent and you have to make sure that it shows growth, but also doesn't change too much because, you know, if all of a sudden you're, you know, over here, over there, and then, you know, keep on changing, you're going to lose your audience. Your, your audience expects something out of you, expects a certain level of, uh, you know, demeanor. And yeah. you can't change that too often. Half the, half the YouTubers I watch are just because I like their voice. I find it soothing or because I like the way they film. But if they change that, I wouldn't watch them anymore because that's why I watch them. And so I had to sit back and decide, okay, who am I going to be as a YouTuber? And that's why, you know, I was like, okay, there's too much politics in the world. I'm never going to talk politics. You know, I'm not going to talk controversial issues. That's not why this channel exists. I'm not here to weigh my opinion on these things. I'm here to talk about the gods. I'm here to talk about the spirits of the land. And I'm here to talk about the ancestors and the community around, you know, in the community. And those are what I talk about. And it's what I've said I'm going to talk about since the beginning. And it has not changed. And so that's how I presented myself. And now I have a repu rep uh, reputation of someone who that's what I talk about. And if you even look at like, you know, the hate that my channel gets, all they're really saying is what I've already said 
countless times. I'm not going to talk about racism. I'm not going to talk about sexism. I'm not going to talk about world issues. I'm not going to talk about elections or politics because that's not what my channel is about. My channel is about the gods. My channel is about the ancestors and the spirits. You know, everyone has their own opinions about everything. And I made my channel in a way that, you know, removes that as much as possible. It's about the content and it's about experiences. And it will always be about that. And, you know, for me, as long as that's what I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing because if that's the reputation I have, I'm happy about it. So I do think that you have a chance to choose your reputation and it can be a hard one because it you can't change. You know, if you change, it, that hurts your reputation. So yeah, I definitely have a lot of thoughts on this because, you know, again, being a YouTuber, you live off your reputation, honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I threw the bait out there. I got you hook, hook line, sicker, apparently. Like, <laughs> what, you want me to, like, rub your nipples now? I'm still fucking pinching your nipples, Ian. <laughs> Get off that high horse. <laughs> I got some business to do. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I just uh, expect, like, that was, you know, like, yeah, the way you put that is, you know, exactly. I feel like, I feel like in, in some regards, too, like, we as modern day humans, I feel like we don't, I feel like we don't necessarily put a lot of, a lot of thought into that really anymore like i feel like it's individuals that are in such in, in unique situations like in your case like with a youtube channel you know or uh, um you know that have some sort of like social media presence but i feel like in general i think everybody should live their life in a way that is like you said like true to themselves and like stay you know stay consistent but obviously grow there's always room for growth doesn't mean you have to change there's a difference but to leave behind a reputation that is you know hopefully good and impactful in a in a positive way i mean then obviously you have people that do have really bad reputations you know like there is people and figures throughout history that have started wars and all sorts of horrible things but like you know so it could obviously go two ways hopefully like you know what i want to really get out to the get people to start thinking about is their reputation and leaving behind a good one, whether that's for, you know, the people around you, the, your children, your grandchildren, you know, et cetera. And like, you know, it's always one of those things that I've kind of thought about, like, I want to have, like, hopefully have like my great grandchildren, you know, are, are hearing stories or like they're telling stories. Right, that yeah. we're kind of, you know, Who, what are like people going to know from, about, about you from a secondhand from, source? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, even within the community, we all kind of have our own person, like our reputation, like me with the showing up like a ghost sometimes out of nowhere. Caleb's got like the beast, you know. I feel like, like Caleb's that. are always funny, though. I feel like, you know, yeah, the beast is there, us, but like, it's also so like, that have it. it's also like the bibs. You know, it's like him showing up in bibs, uh, you know, when uh, no. <laughs> Bella runs yeah. by and you just hear, and he's like, oh, yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one with the, with the kids coming to the gathering. But yeah. It, <laughs> they have it is, it the is, beast and, and freaking bibs, man. <laughs> it is funny that you mentioned the bibs because literally the other day I was I was at uh, one of our like stores, like uh, Fleet Farm, and uh, they have like a whole section of like Carhartt stuff and they have like the bright ass neon yellow like reflective oh, yeah. bits and as soon as i saw <laughs> them, was like, oh yeah i know i got my yeah, eye, as, soon as, as soon as i saw him i was like caleb man like just like the first like me yeah popped into my head i was like 
Caleb showed up and be like, and I started giggling to myself in the middle of the store, probably looking like a crazy person, but <laughs> you had you had to holler daddy, and now I heard daddy being hollered from down the freaking stairs. <laughs> <now. laughs> probably not. I, I assume yeah. at this point you just hear it subconsciously. No, no, I hear I heard her. <laughs> Damn, we're not even at the fifty-seven minute mark. She needs combat. Oh, I know. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it. Uh, got her own, her own the funniest thing started. about the whole part with like the the highlighter green or like the safety green uh ship thing is like I only wore that to the first gap to one, <laughs> and it's and, and it's, it's followed me ever since. Dude, I can't tell you how many people have asked me. They're like, "Who's that guy?" And I think it's because they connect with him, like connect with that version of Caleb, because it looks like you just got off the plant. I look like I got off work and I. Grabbed and I just got in the, you know, got in the truck and went, you know. Oh, exactly, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like, like, exactly. Like, it's it's crazy how, like, one, one, such a simple thing can follow you for so long, you know. And I feel like that's, you know, that can be both good or bad, you know. I feel like that's where, you know, the development of, like, a good reputation or a funny reputation in Caleb's incidents here, you know. Yeah. Can, can you know, it's, like, sits on that fine line of, you know, you, you do one thing potentially not okay, and then that you know tarnishes that reputation. It's always harder to fix a reputation that's been tarnished than yeah. to you know just keep and, a good you one. You know, going. I think a tarnished reputation is only tarnished with inconsistencies, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Because if you're consistently an asshole, everyone knows you're an asshole, and yeah, you know, true. like they're just you're just like, oh yeah, that guy's an asshole. You, you don't expect anything else. But then the moment you're nice, all of a sudden it's like, oh. Like they were nice to me. That's normally the asshole guy. And so I think, you know, you just have to kind of lean into it. And that's the same way with like management. When I was taught management in restaurants, you have to choose who you're going to be. You know, are you going to be the nice guy that is, you know, really nice, really supportive, you know, team spirit, let's go guys, you got this. Or are you going to be the referee? Are you going to be the person that's hard, but you have to, you know, eat, both have their problems, but you can't flip flop. By the gods, you can't flip-flop. I learned that the hard way. You can't go up and be like, hey, guys, how's everyone doing? Everyone having a great day? Wow, it's great. And then five minutes later, like, what are you doing? Put that out! You, know, like, you, know, you can't do that. Like, people need consistent consistency who, who you are. Like, if you're going to be the asshole manager, just be the asshole manager. And then everyone will learn their way to work around you. But if you're going to be the nice guy, be the nice guy. And obviously, there's going to be room for, you know, budging in between but you do you know you're going to be a better leader you're going to be a better person if you just choose who you're going to be uh in that moment just stay consistent yeah well it's like yeah when i when i got to a certain point in my military career where i was you know put in charge of of troops under under me and everything like that and being put into that you know direct line supervisor position i remember you know i when i knew i was about to be put into this position and i knew i was like i you know I had to exactly do it, like you said, and, and pick, like decide on how I was going to be or who I was going to be as this individual in this position. I, the first thing I did is I looked back at all the supervisors that I had from my time up till then. And I was like, I know I've had, I had one amazing supervisor and I've had some, you know, like ones that were, that were really good. And then I've definitely had some dudes. I was like, I want to punch you in the face on a daily basis, but I can't because like, that's illegal in the military and I get in a lot more trouble than it's, than your, you know, than your asshole. Is is worth. Worth. Yeah. So it's, I, I, yeah, I definitely get that. And, you know, I, I basically tried my best to be, oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I tried, I tried my best to be a balance of, of, you know, being obviously fair, but 
being somewhat of a hard ass when the time called for it. So it wasn't really a flip flop, but it was that, that balance, like you said. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's even yeah. for me, you know, uh, like being in, you know, with the fellowship, it's always been hard for me to balance, you know, I'm such close friends with, you know, the majority of people in the fellowship, you know, in the leadership of balancing, okay, you know, but when I need to get that, uh, the, you know, during our meetings or, you know, during times of stress, and we have something big coming up, how do I balance being people's friends with also being, you know, a mentor or, you know, the yeah. person pointing in the direction. And, you know, so I've kind of had to develop that over the years as well of, you know, saying, no, you know, I'm going to talk to everyone exactly the same. That way, if anyone ever compiles notes, it's like, oh, Jacob talks to us all exactly the same. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I have to draw that line of clearly like, okay, it's friend time. And, you know, Ian, you know, this like it's Fred time versus it's work time. <laughs> yeah. You're consistently an asshole in all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> no, I think it, like uh... I have that nice line of like, you know, when it's like like time to go like it's time at a gathering like i'm yeah, on uh, but like you know <laughs> otherwise i'm like what's up man how's it going <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, just, I was giving you a hard time as you threatened yeah. the, oh dude i'm gonna be an asshole to blade tonight as we try to teach him how to play crusader kings 3 <laughs> everyone trying to quit on me i'm like blade you gotta give it you gotta give it time gotta give it time blade. <laughs> wow there's a there's a there's a learning curve on it he's gonna have to deal with it <laughs> if you want yeah, to become I, the pagan pope it's gonna take time blade you don't get that in one hour that's gonna take at least 24 hours <laughs> oh, I yeah, yeah i remember I, whenever yeah. i first got that game and how many hours it sucked out of my life because i mean <laughs> i remember looking i remember looking at steam and like how the hell did i get to 200 hours on this already it's, it's only been out for like three or four weeks like, because Dang. you get plans and you're like okay i want to have this multiple like year plan to get this county by marrying this person and scheming with this person <laughs> and then you're like well now i need to see it through and that takes five hours <laughs> yep. oh, God. but back to the topic <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no yeah i guess it's um, like my ending my ending note well i guess yeah Caleb, you got something to say real quick i mean uh, i the only thing I was going to say is like, I've talked about it before, especially anytime you have like a, anytime you have a close or a tighter knit community, like, you know, like art community. Um, but outside of that, like, you know, those small rural areas, like the family, family reputations or something that follows yeah. generations. Um, and so like something stuff that your grandfather did can follow you as the grandson. And, you know, if that's good, then people expect, you know, they're going to expect that you do good things. And if you, if he was a piece of crap, then they're going to expect that you're not worth that much unless you really prove them wrong. Um, but yeah, it's this reputation can be a lot, especially in those, those smaller, uh, those smaller communities. I mean, I'm sure that you've kind of learned more of that, like as you went yeah. back to Minnesota and paid more attention to it as, you know, a more mature adult. Yeah, it, exactly. It's well, well, let's cut out the mature part. But oh yeah, maturity. I'm well, I'm thinking he, level of a teenage I don't, boy. Regardless, regardless, I mean, he's got to be more mature now than he was when he joined the military, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so no, I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, I definitely had a better appreciation for it, uh, and was completely surprised by just how much of like a reputation my family has here, and a, and a good one, you know, an impactful one. Um, mm -hmm. But like ultimately, like at the end of the day, you know, kind of what I want, I think every, I want everybody to, to take away from this is, you know, kind of take a, take a few minutes to like sit back and think about, you know, the life that you've already led and then how in line is it, you know, with who you are as a person. I mean, obviously there's going to be a billion different things that can affect that, but you know, the, you as a individual person, like that individual reputation, you know, 
are you being true to yourself throughout whatever good, bad, and in between, you know, happens in your life? You know, just take a second and kind of think about it. As Jacob comes hop walking back into his dude, chair. I need to put my soup on. I got a live stream after this. I had to get my soup on. <laughs> 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 Gotta eat my soup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I got for today. Kayla, what you got? What you dig up? I went through like two or three different things in my head, like while we were talking about everything else. I think what I finally landed on is just like the, um, you know, like the the power and like the like the real impactful meaning that gifts have, um, especially Mm -hmm. in a pagan community. Um, And just starting that off, like like gift giving has been one of the biggest things that uh, that I've noticed out of this community. So we have some of the most generous people that I've ever met in my entire life outside of family. Um, honestly, there's some people in the community that are much more generous than, uh, than a lot of my family is <laughs> being honest. But whenever I think back and like, look at the things on, that are like on my altars, like at least a good half of it. I mean, I've been given by other people, whether they found it in the woods at that gathering, you know, like here, you, you know, Take dude, this. I'm surrounded this by or whatever. Right now, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 was just like, I was just like looking down. I'm like, you know, this right here is just like, this is just one of those bracelets that, uh, that Keenan uh, made, you know, the, the dwarf. And, you know, it's just wooden beads with some runes on it and like a little antler uh, toggle. But this is like one of my favorite bracelets because, you know, someone, someone else made it and, you know, gave it to me. And like recently I had uh, uh, Logan and Mary bought this, um, like it was this ice age buffalo tooth and gave it to me at the Pennsylvania gathering because they know that I'm all about like the old prehistoric stuff. It's just little things like that. I mean, they, things may, may seem small, but like they're, they're really impactful and powerful. I think, you know, a good lesson there is, you know, for people getting into this faith, uh, this is a twofold thing. Not only if, you know, gift getting is important to maintain relationships with your friends and family, I think this is a really important lesson as far as like, you know, great, you have a friend, give them a gift. You know, you want to get connected to your parents again or to your family, give them a gift. It doesn't have to be a million dollars. It can be something small to, you know, just a gesture. But also I think, you know, gift giving in general is one of the strongest aspects of this faith and, and one of its core aspects, especially since we're really just giving gifts to the gods that we hope to give, they give gifts, gifts to us in return. But I have found that in life, I try to be as generous as possible, not bigly, I can't give people thousands of dollars, but I can do small things. Like, you know, and I obviously don't talk about it, because I think it kind of defeats the purpose. But like in England, I I landed in England, I have my credit card, you know, but I also had some pounds, Uh, I had like 20 pounds on me. And so I went to this, you know, coffee shop when I met up with Terry, and I was like, my card should have worked. And I was like, oh, I'll have a cup of coffee, whatever. And I go to pay for it, my card. And she's like, sorry, I declined. I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, all I have is pounds and I have a 20 pound note. She's like, oh, sorry, I can't accept pounds right now. Uh, you know, we don't take cash. I'm like, well, shoot, what do I do? And she was like, you can just have the coffee. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, just take it. And so, you know, she didn't have to do that. I was clearly an American. She was clearly British. And I told her, you know, it's my first time there. And she did that. My first experience with someone outside of like Terry and someone was nice to me. And so I kind of looked at her, I looked at her around, I wadded up my 20 pounds and I threw it at her and I walked away. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, no, that is like way too much. And I was like, you know, you did something nice and you deserve something for that because you just don't see that, you know, and I I wanted to be that uh, representative of an American, like, oh, you know, you were nice to an American. Let me be nice to you. So 
and just not outside of being an American in Europe, but just being a pagan, especially if you have your tattoos, you have Mjolnir on, uh, you know, and you're outwardly pagan, or even if you're not, I think it's really good for pagans in general to show the hospitality, to show the generosity side, because the more we do that, we're increasing the reputation of paganism in general. Um, and I think I would rather people know us for that than Valhalla, or, you know, I even say Valhalla in like a you know, a pissed off term, like, like, I want people to know us because we're generous, because we're hospitable, uh, you know, and that's only going to change by us being generous and hospitable to people. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally one of the first, you know, one of the first, like, within the first, like, what, I think 15 or 20 stanzas within the Hobbit Mall is, is talking about being a, a, not only a good host, but just a, a, a gracious and you know a good person when it comes to things like that like if somebody stands us 34 through 47 all deal with oh, I was, friendship okay a little bit further yeah no back. it's funny because i literally <laughs> just made a video talking about one of these as the subject and so i had them down on my notes <laughs> right. i was i was within ballpark you know but yeah it's it's in a way it's one of the most i mean i i the way that i've always viewed the hop mall is is a good way of, of its teachings of how to be you know when for a lot of it you know, when it comes to things like that. Um, there's a lot of moral stuff that you can take away from it. And that's always one that, I mean, you and I, Jacob, have talked about it, uh, you know, personally, you know, whenever I've stayed, you know, at your place, you stayed at the cabin, things like that. Um, you know, it's just being a good host for whether it's friends or even strangers and depending on situations and stuff like that, like it goes a long way, you know, and I feel like, when it comes to like, gift giving going to like what Caleb was talking about like yeah I looking over at my stuff I have I can see a, a ton of stuff right now that were that were gifts given whether they were you know from gatherings or just interacting with people within the community and it's it's insane you know it's and it's always I don't know it's always like I don't want to say it's it's not awkward but it's always like it always feels like it's too much sometimes like you know what i mean like gifts people give their obscene like okay that's fair yeah yeah like i'm trying to think of the most i mean honestly the gift sean gave me from oc and the jupiter is pretty crazy like oh uh, yeah like he literally gave us like the tagle harpa that he made one song on he was like yeah i don't really use it you guys get more use out of it cool man and just like gave it to me (laughs) 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 this is like a multi-hundred dollar instrument (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like yeah and, and the stuff that's handmade too is always the stuff that really gets to me the most is because not only are you giving me this but it's also something that you put time in regardless of how long it may have taken you you know because i know like for example like with our gatherings there's usually at least th- i'm going to just go out on a limb and just say there's at least three people that you know that are regular gathering attending individuals that are like all right cool how many people are coming i want to know specific things about each individual person that's coming so that i can make a gift that is specific to each person and then therefore give it to them like, i wish i had that much energy honestly oh i do too like <laughs> i would love to be able to do stuff like that more often i would say the most the biggest thing that like i've done was when i went on um my little two week wandering thing that I did. And I, I specifically got the moon shaped. Uh, oh yeah. yeah moon so. stones. 
Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, like everybody that I saw on that trip, you know, I gave one to, and like, it's, it's crazy to see what some people have done with it. Like Mary has put it in one of her ritual headpieces, you know? So now like every time I'll see her with that, I'm like, Oh, look at that. You know, like it's getting, you know, it's not only is it, does she still have it, but like it's being used for an an even better purpose. It's such a, you know, a basic mundane, like it's a pretty stone, but like there's so much more to the story of that stone now. Well, you know, that kind of rolls us back to the Estonian thing and like the oral traditions of, you know, it's really hard that we're living in this era where we had a broken chain, where we had long periods of time where this wasn't practiced and then it was sparsely practiced and we're just now starting to pick up the pieces really, uh, you know, and us as a community, you know, and individuals, we've had to create our own traditions, you know, and base them off the past. But what's really going to be beautiful is watching the evolution. Like you said, the, the moons, you know, the moonstone, you know, seeing what Mary does with it and then seeing where it ends up, who's going to end up with that in the future will be given as an option offering will be given to our children will be given to someone mm-hmm. else's children you know and what traditions are we doing now that are going to be passed down you know later on and that's you know really we're like the vanguards of a new era of paganism because it's still an orally passed down tradition that we're now passing down again and so it's going to take on a new life uh and that's really exciting to see and i think that the gift giving uh is a cornerstone of that as well as you know the reputation of what lives on yeah Ooh, uh, tying it all together. Yeah, good yeah, at this. Yeah. Good, good job, guys. <laughs> I was just thinking of this, trying to the uh, if y'all remember the um, scene. I can't remember if I made you one or not because I can't remember if you were coming to Yule. But last last Yule, I made these things. They were all. I went out to Red River Gorge, collected like these like those hard oh, clay yeah. deposits, and painted people's still gear spirit animals on. Oh, and I had so yeah. many people come up to me afterwards and be like, "How the f- did you know that?" mine looked like this and i'm like i don't know i just you know painted what felt right <laughs> oh, dude. yeah like the the amount of of fox things that i have from individuals that know that like my field gives a box and then i'm deeply connected them. like i literally have an entire shelf of things that are fox related you know dude and i'm it, looking at like all the things in my room right now that are gifts <laughs> yeah it's like, like honestly the same. Like, like there is so many in here <laughs> Dude, yeah, that I, that headdress I made you. I don't even remember how how many hours I put in making that thing. <laughs> oh, the the fur one. Yeah, the fur one, like yeah. the Russian. Don't worry, the Russian I didn't, I didn't burn that one. Oh, oh, I know yeah. you did. You tried to. <laughs> yeah, you you almost <laughs> actually. Dude, yeah, literally, like almost. okay, Bob Ross given to me by um oh shoot. Jeff. Jeff by Jeff at the uh, Georgia gathering. The MRE Zach gave me because he knows I watched that MRE channel before he <laughs> left. Uh, I have two like hand mit- uh, knitted things from people uh, that have sent to me in foreign countries. Like I have like a painting that Amanda made me at midsummer, another instrument that Sean gave me, uh, the, you know, the old Norse path gave me that statue back there. And there was a bunch of other things like, Oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by people's gifts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Drum it's, back here made by the wildlings. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause like, I've got, yeah, I've got artwork from Amanda. I've got my, my Fox pelt in general is from, you know, as a gift. There he goes so, running off again. Yeah, there he goes. Yeah. You know, I've got, I got ritual guard that Blade made me at Wisconsin. I have a painting that uh, Lena did for me that's hell and uh, has a box on it as well from the Wisconsin gathering. And like, it's it's insane, man. It's it's just crazy the 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 generosity that the community has for each other. I see how he went and got a soup. Oh, I thought you, I thought he I thought he ran off to go get like a special yeah, we thought that you he were... forgot to talk about. 
Right. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, my soup. <laughs> <laughs> you brought that back from England? Hey. His, his gift from Campbell's. <laughs> it is Campbell's in... I know you. Do you know the future? But it's fancy Campbell's, though. This is Italian wedding. Oh. That's, hey, that's good. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you guys want some soup? Like... We're all like watching. We're all watching. And I had. And then you start like for, like spoon feeding it to the camera. Anyone that's going to be on this live stream is going to watch me eat a little bit of soup because it's been a busy day. Uh, <laughs> I had a staring I mean, contest with a snake today, man. Yeah, that was that picture you sent me. I'm pretty sure it was a, a cotton mouth. So uh, no, uh, Logan identified it. It's a king oh, it? snake. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is actually really rare to see. Yeah, I guess the diamond pattern on it was a king snake, but they're very hard oh, to tell because okay. king snake is also not venomous. It's just more rare. Yeah, they look very similar. But dude, that so. thing squared up on me, dude. Uh, luckily, I heard it. Like I heard it coil mm-hmm. up because I was like going up the steep hill, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> and I was like going up, and all of a sudden I hear, and it like coiled up, and it was like his snapping. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like staring this thing down. One of us is gonna die today, snake. <laughs> yeah. I pulled out my little gun. And I was like, "Oh, shoot, bro! I don't want to have to shoot you, though." <laughs> These are the ventures I have when I make videos for y'all out there, dude. Yeah, you've all, you've almost fallen off a cliff, gotten attacked by snakes, like. <laughs> dude, the spiders today were in particularly awful. I think I was the first person <laughs> to walk this trail in like ten years. I kid you not. It was every five feet of this trail and they oh, were whole webs like four like two to three feet in diameter across the Ugh. path with a big spider sitting in the center so i had like some shrek stick where i would like poke it through them gather them <laughs> up and like swirl them into the woods and i just like was moving through this path just like swirling these spiders out of my way i like this might seem like an exaggeration but it is not it was easily a hundred spiders that i had to remove from the trail to get to the top of this mountain to film this video for y'all. <laughs> uh, Plus the snake. The real world web slinger. <laughs> Dude, at one point I had like a collection of spiders on there and I guess spiders don't like each other because they started fighting to the death. It was like I had a little gladiatorial arena on a stick. You didn't take a you didn't take a bite out of your, your spider cotton candy? I, Dude, I basically had the Shrek spider cotton candy. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Oh, soup is hot. <laughs> I mean, I wonder why. Oh, God. This is Jacob, everybody. Yeah, soup's hot. Soup is hot, guys. I think that's a good one. Uh, maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Soup is hot. We'll see how many likes we get. And it'll be like, the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, plus it's good. Oh, yeah, they get the, the inside joke on it. I yeah. like this. Estonia, eh, soup is hot. Soup is hot, okay. <laughs> Reputation, <laughs> soup is hot. <laughs> Gift given, that soup is hot. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I like it. All right. Well, with that, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And remember, soup is hot. Soup is hot. Soup is hot.